podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Dream Team Tonic Podcast. Still no Tony this week, but I'll be back next week to resume hosting and more importantly, pod editing. Um, but as usual, we have Ben. Are you there, Ben? I'm here, mate. <laughs> and we have a special guest in Tony's absence. <laughs> it's me! Please, please give a warm welcome to Connor, blogger extraordinaire, stepson of Flowerpot Man, and all-round good guy. Connor, are you there? Yes, I'm here, James. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Pleased to have you on, mate. Um, before we get into the pod, um, I'm just going to welcome a couple of new patrons to us. Um, we've got uh, Pete Franklin and Barry McCormack. So, Connor, there's a, I'm sure most people in the Dream Team community know who you are now with your excellent blogs and your Twitter presence. Um but just in case there's not anyone out there that does know you, we're going to ask you a couple of introductory questions. Um, how long have you, been, have you been playing fantasy football, Connor? Right, well, this season, I think it's going to be my fourth season playing any sort of fantasy football. But the first season, I did a joint team on Dream Team with my dad. So I wasn't really... Um, I wasn't really controlling the team for myself. It was like a split 50-50, should we do this move, should we not? But um, for the last three seasons after that, it's just me. So I'm relatively new to the whole fantasy football thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I'm learning quite quickly. And, I mean, that that's proven with the responses I get from my blogs. Yeah, you you come across as very knowledgeable for someone who's not been in the game for very long, Connor. Um, are you do you have are you in a mini league with your dad now? Are you are you playing him as a rival? Uh, yes, we've got this TK Maxx league for all the TK Maxx workers, which I've snuck into, and um, I'm currently I think like fourth in that, so not the best, but I, I comfortably get some money each year, so it should be yeah. fine. Yeah, still early days, mate. Exactly. Yeah. Um, how did you get on last season then? Oh, but I've been looking forward for this question. <laughs> um, last season, if you read the blog, I came three hundredth at one point in the overall, and I think that was like near Christmas. But then I dropped off, like I don't know, like a waterfall or something. I went top five k at the end of the season which is not great whatsoever. And I blame that down to the Chelsea block. The Chelsea block crippled me, especially against Brentford. Yeah, it was um, it was a time where if you wanted to uh, try and gain some places, uh, Chelsea block was one of the options to go for, wasn't it? Because everyone was on Liverpool. Uh, yeah, I just got crippled, and then I also went with punks like Elise, and um, then I put Forster in to try to fog Myers, and the Myers just went on like a 10-game of blanks, so it was rough. Yeah. 
Just unlucky, yeah, mate. Could have gone the other way, mate. I, I was a bit unlucky. Um, I, sim, I made similar moves to yourself, um, and that screwed me as well. So um, I know where you're coming from. Right, let's have a look at your team, Connor. Um, we've got a screenshot here. Um, do you want to take us through your team? Gladly. First up, the best player in the team, Nick Pope. The, yes. the, the budget enabler we all need, the, the set-and-forget keeper <laughs> for the full season. I firmly believe right, he's going to get a rating next week against Man City. And just because I feel like we'll get peppered, but Pope's that good, he'll get quite a few saves off. Mm. And I'll, I'll be happy with a three-point game just from saves. So I've got Pope with a 13-pointer, the only reason why we got it a point against Brighton. Mm-hmm. And then Saliba, he scored a goal, but it was in his own net, so <laughs> that was shocking. And then Matty Cash, who I will be jumping off of, but at least he got a rating from a Villa just looked poor. I don't, I don't like Villa anymore. And um, Robertson, uh, yet to play. Sterling, who looked absolutely poor, and I said to James in the WhatsApp group, that it looks like I'm not getting anything from him, but all of a sudden he got an assist. So it was a it was a tactical jinx on my behalf. And then the best, sorry, the second best enabler in the whole game, and Bumo, he got a goal against Man United, and it was a beautiful goal. It had me jumping out my chair. I've got him in eight out of ten teams. I was very happy with that goal. <laughs> I was I was buzzing. And my dad was like, "Look at me, like, what are you doing? Why, why are you dancing over and Bumo?" <laughs> and then um, Mara's disappointed by him. The ninety minutes, he, he just looked shocking against Bournemouth. And um, yeah, <laughs> I just don't like look at Mara's much anymore. So I think I'll be swapping him out. Hey Connor, mm. what about he was like the assistant, the assister, wasn't he, for uh, the third goal for Foden's goal? Did you notice that he like crossed the ball to to De Bruyne and then De Bruyne put it in for Foden? Yeah, I noticed that. He, but he just frustrates me stuff like that. That's why I don't have Odegaard in the team. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I've got Saka. He got zero points, but I have faith in him. I think Tommy Asu should be back next game. Mm. and um, I think Tommy Asu will make Saka play better going forward because I feel like Saka is covering for Ben White a bit more because he's not used to being at fullback. So I, I give him Bournemouth and Fulham till you think about shipping him out. Yes. Yeah. And then up top, we've got Harland, who I've just put in for Kane. <laughs> well, we know how that went. I can't believe that. Um, <laughs> But I think a lot of managers went that way, so I don't blame myself. Yeah. And then Jesus with a 22-pointer. I-, I saw that coming. Everyone was taking him out from Unas, making a little bit of a knee-jerk move. But Jesus came and provided the points. So happy with Jesus. And then got Salah, who... It's Salah. He's not going to leave my team, and he's, he's not played. Mm. So I can't really talk on him. Mm. Nina's going to get a hat-trick tomorrow, Connor. If he does, I'll happily <laughs> eat my words and I'll take the abuse on Twitter. <laughs> no, um, well done for sticking with Jesus. It was, uh, uh, I thought about that switch as well. I think I did it in one of my teams as well, so uh, <laughs> that's annoying. Um, any transfers so far in this team that you've made? 
I'm then for yeah for this week coming, I'm thinking of Maras to KGB, yeah, Sterling to Kulazewski, yeah, and Cash to Sessing Young maybe because he's like the only cheaper player who seems to be getting quite a bit of game time. And even when he's getting subbed on or whatever, he could get five points. Mm. And Decent I think move. that'll set me up quite well. Yeah, decent moves that I think. Um... Cool. Ben, how did you get on? <laughs> oh, well, 20 points so far. Not great. But I've got uh, two players to play still. I've got Salah and Trent still to play. So I've got Kane and Haaland up front. Uh, two points for Haaland, eight points for Kane. Lingard was assisting the assister. If you want to say that, well, he uh, shot, bounced off the defender, and then is it Awinyi? I can't even say his name. Awinyi, or something. Like that. He scored <laughs> the goal. Yeah, so he didn't get anything for that. Um, and Bumo got five points for a goal. I do you not uh, think this week the uh, ratings have been a bit fishy? Yeah, they have. There's been some strange ones, hasn't there? Normally, if you score a goal you're pretty much guaranteed a seven rating, it's especially mm. if you don't pick up any cards or anything. I mean, in Bumo, I was amazed he didn't get a, a seven. And there was a few other... Did you spot any other weird ones, Ben? Uh, no, but like, and Bumo was 6.58, which is way off a seven. Yeah. Like, you'd think he'd get a seven, especially for a 4 nil win. And you'd think the whole team would be on sevens at least. Uh, Man City as well, they won 4 0, and they were a lot of their players were off it, uh, well off the uh, 7 rating. It's like they had somebody else doing it this week or something on who scored. Well, it's so supposed strange. to be an algorithm, isn't it? So, so yeah. there's no human intervention. But there is, there. I guess they could have changed the algorithm. Mm. Um, Even Arsenal, hardly any 7 ratings. For only four players got it. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, no, I saw that as well. I thought it was odd. Um, yeah, talk well, about um, Man City. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, James. Um, I thought it was quite impressive, actually, that Haaland even got a 6.7 rating because he only touched the ball nine times. Mm. I, I, I think that's crazy how he even got that high for touching the ball so little times. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he had hardly any touches, did he? Um, he's just that. He's like the old, an old-fashioned goal hanger, just um, waiting to, to pop the ball in the back of the net. Not quite getting the service today, well, yesterday at least. Um, yeah, no, that's a good point. He got the assist though, didn't he? That probably got a little bit of a rating, but yeah. uh, not yeah, enough for a seven. <clears throat> um, let's see. Uh, Kulisevsky I brought in for um, Sancho. Had half a million in the bank. Um, that's just a, like a. I brought him in on Thursday night to get the the price rise, and uh, keep him in for future. So for the next month or so, um, Sessignon got minus one, but he's just an enabler in there, and he should. He started again today, and he he he'll come off the bench if Perisic plays, because Perisic won't play the full game. I would I wouldn't imagine when he plays. Um, Cancelo got seven, and Meslier got minus one. So not not too good, but I'm hoping that uh, Salah and Trent can pull some out of the banks 
uh, the bag tomorrow? Well, you've done better than me, Ben, because you've <laughs> you're ta- you've got seventy points now over the first two game weeks, twenty points this week. I've got half that. I've got thirty five <laughs> points so far. I've just seen now, yeah. Um, God. For out of the two games, I do have three players to play. Um, I'm praying that Liverpool absolutely whoop Crystal Palace to because uh, I've got Alexander Arnold, uh, Robertson, and Salah to play. Mm. Um, but I'm having an absolute mare of a start to the season, but well, with this team anyway. And to be fair, with I haven't had a great start with most of my sides. Partly, I think I mentioned it last week, I'm quite heavy on Spurs defenders and Liverpool. So, um, just still, you know, the game week's not over. Um, but yeah, not having the best of starts this year compared to last year where I was flying. Um, so, yeah, I've got my, I've still got my triple up in with Spurs defence. Um, Larice, Doherty and Sessegnon. Doherty's an annoying one, didn't I thought, you know, after... Conte's comments about him effectively being first choice. I, I did think he would come back in a bit sooner. Um, mm. So I've got an issue there, but he's only 2.4 million. So there's not a lot of options unless, unless I want to switch, switch him to Elliot tomorrow. I, I'm tempted to hold to, to not do that um, because I've already used three transfers in this side. Um, and I, I might want to make um, use the last two to make two moves, if you know what I mean, because there's looking yeah. like there might be some essential, well, or at least very good value defenders that might be, well, Cucurella at three million, I'm thinking about. Um, three million for a Chelsea defender is pretty good. And if um, if Afana goes there as well, then um, I think he'll be essential because um, he's going to be, he's cheap as, as well. So, yeah, um, so far, 13 points. Unlucky for me. Um, <laughs> Larice and Sessegnon got minus ones. Doherty didn't play. Uh, Robertson and Trent still to, um, to play in tomorrow. Dewsbury Hall, zero. And Buemo, five. Kulisvesky, zero. Uh, Kane, sorry, Salah still to play. Kane got me eight. Haaland got me two. Um so, yeah, not having the best of starts. The three transfers I've made in this team to gain a bit of value and sort of move things around a bit was um, <laughs> I did Diaz to Kulisveski, Sancho to Dewsbury Hall and Jesus to Haaland. That's Ooh. now hurting quite badly. Um, but moving on <clears throat> swiftly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um we will kick off with the listener questions. Amin Tatler's been on. Are Man United players a no-go this season? Can the new manager turn it around after two bad defeats? Yeah, uh, at the moment for me, definitely avoid, especially when they're playing Liverpool next. Um, yeah, get get rid of I'd be selling them. So, uh, if you got like Sancho like I had or... Rashford or whoever you got, get rid of them definitely. Was it the minus three for like De Gea, Dallow, everyone in the defense? So yeah, they're not looking great, and the fixtures the fixtures getting worse next week. So what do you think, James? Yeah, I I would totally agree with that. Time to ship if you've got any left. I got rid of 
unfortunately, I had Sancho in quite a few teams. I got rid of him in all bar one. Um, and I think um, I'll probably get rid of him in the one that's remaining as well after that performance. Um, he did. I did hear Ten Hag had them in for extra training today. They, he really? wanted them to run the distance that um, uh, that Brentford ran more than they did during the game today to to try and punish <laughs> them. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Um, this is what this is a question from for Connor really. I think um, from Amal again. Uh, which Newcastle players should we bringing into Dream Team? Right, well, I'll try to be as like unbiased as possible. Um, I'd say the only one really I'd consider is Nick Pope. I think he's the best asset by far, just because he's cheap. He's going to play every game. I'm not sure if he'll play cup games. That might be Dubrovka. Um, but, yeah, he hasn't conceded a goal in the Newcastle shirt. That's impressive as it is. And, um, yeah, he's it, just very impressive. If, if you're feeling a bit ballsy, then you can go for cheap and able, like Miggy. I love Miggy. He's going to play a lot of games this season, I think, unless we sign a new right winger. He's 1.6 mil. Or you can even go with Joel Linton. He's currently 2.7 mil, and I've got some stats for him. In the second half of last season, he had 27 attempts on goal and 18 chances created from the midfield. He's had more shots than Maxi and created more chances than the great Bruno G. I'd just be wary as I think he might go down 0.1 this week due to his yellow card when he'll trying to scrap Solly March. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Connor. Um, any, anything to add, Ben? No, I think he covered it there. Uh, definitely Pope is the best Newcastle asset for me. Like you said, um, it's just great price. And um, he's a star man magnet in, in Dream Team. And he got a star man again this week. Cool. Okay. David's been on. How are you looking to target European games next month? Europa League and conference group stages could see a lot of rotation like the domestic cups. Could there be cheapies to target who will start those games? I could see Enketia getting a hatful for Arsenal, or would you be targeting Champions League starting players where possible, as they are likely to play both at the weekend and midweek games? Ben, what do you reckon? Yeah, um, like you say, it went with the best players, obviously the Champions League players you want in your team because I have a feeling like he's just mentioned there that players like Jesus will get rotated uh, not rotated but like rested for the Europa League and then you'll see players like Enketia playing um, it's a tricky one like do you really want to use one of your free striker spots for Enketia I mean he could go off and score a few goals but he ain't going to play in the league so it's like it's a one-game gamble, really, and it's I don't know. Like you probably got uh, Martinelli is around a similar price as Enketia. You'd rather have Martinelli in your, t- in your team, um, but a lot of people will all be free heavy up front, even sh- uh, like 
five million plus strikers. So yeah, um, I I I'd be looking at that, and maybe in September you could like move off G- Jesus and go to one of the Champions League strikers. Ooh. They'll play twice a week. Okay. Anything to add on that one, Connor? Um, not really. I agree with Ben. He's tipped it all really. I, I, I just wouldn't go for any players like Enketia. I'd stick with like the Champions League sides because they don't tend to rotate that much and you can target some players who will play both fixtures. Yeah, I, I'd go I'd agree with both with both of you on that one as well. Uh David's got another question. Um where do you rate Gundawan in the midfield options? For four point five million and lower, Connor, what do you reckon? Um, I think he's a good option if you want a cheaper way into the city attack. Uh, with the way City seem to be setting up in the last two games, I think it helps his position in terms of attacking returns because it, when I've watched him, he seems to get quite a few shots off, and he's involved in that attack quite a bit. But you can say that for most City players. Um, I can see him getting a decent amount of points though throughout the season. It just depends when, because it is, he gets quite a few purple patches. He's a very patchy player. He is, isn't he? And it only takes a, a formation tweak or something from Pep to, to completely nullify him as an option. We've seen this in previous seasons. Um, I, I would say he looks like a decent option this year. Um, I think Bowen is potentially a, a, his main rival in that price bracket. Um, ben, do you, have I missed anyone or any thoughts? Any other thoughts that we haven't covered on this one? No, I think you covered it pretty well. Uh, so, yeah, um, definitely a good price if he's 3.9. Um, and if he's playing as a number eight um, and he's coming in late doing the old Lampard runs into the box... Scoring goals like he did uh, Saturday, um, yeah, he's definitely an option. Cheap, like you say, cheap way into the Man City midfield. Um, I still like Saka for four million. He's on penalties for Arsenal. He's a good price. Uh, obviously, hasn't pulled up any trees yet, but uh, like you say, yeah, Connor's got him in his team, and he's going to give him a couple more games because yeah. he's got good fixtures. And yeah, Bowen, he's got double two double game weeks over the next two game. Uh, Next two fixtures, hopefully, if he plays in the Europa Conference. Cool. Thanks, chaps. Uh, Dream Team Patrick's been on. With Arsenal scoring freely and potentially their easiest fixtures coming up, can I justify Salah or Haaland to Jesus and in turn to boost my potential weak, weak, weak links in my lineup? I.e., that would enable me to do a Bailey to a Foden or Mares. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, it's a tricky one, that. Um, I still like Kane, Salah, Haaland as my favourite three. But Jesus is knocking on the door now. <laughs> um, it's a tricky one. Because I think in September, you, you will want to move back off of Jesus. Because if he's not playing two games a week then you'll want to try and maximise that by having a Champions League striker. So, I I probably wouldn't do that. What do you think, oh, I was glad that James asked you this first, because I, I was struggling with the answer myself. It's that tricky. Um, 
I don't know, it's very dependent mm. on what you fancy. I mean, Fogel and Mara's, they're good on the day, but the gambles either way when you pick them because they might not play. Um, they're, they're both patchy players. They're as patchy as you can get. Um, mm. I mean, sorry, sorry, Connor. I mean, short term, look at that Bournemouth, Fulham, Villa. You could do it for August, but it's going to cost you two transfers to do that and then you're going to try and get the well you, hopefully Jesus' price will go up and then you can jump across straight in one transfer to a Champions League striker but I don't think he'll go up that much he might go up to about 6 6 maybe 5.9 or something but um, yeah you could do that but it's going to cost two transfers like you said it is a tricky question um, I think you guys have answered it very well Um I would say it's very, and I, I we're all guilty of this, myself included, is that it's very easy to look at a player that's had a really good scoring week and think, God, I've got to get him in, or he he could replace another another mm. big a big hitter or whatever. Um, it's still early in the season. Is he going to continue in this in this form? He's, he, there's no doubt he had a very good game. I could have had a hat trick, um, but. It, I don't know. It, it feels a little bit knee-jerky. See, Tobbs has been on. My question to you, lads. Get KDB in now at all costs, question mark. He will be 7 or seven. He will be 7.3 million by Friday, and he looks, looks to be only going up for me. What do you think, Connor? KDB? Uh, yeah, 100% get him in all of your teams for me. It, it looks like he's going to be on fire and he's had an injury-free pre-season. Other seasons, he's been having a bit of, like, well, a few niggles like, in pre-season and parts of the season. If he stays fit, he could be the top scorer in the whole of Dream Team. I, I, I think at 7 mil, we need to jump on him before he rises. Yeah. Ben? Well, yeah, if you can fit him in, but it might cost you a couple of transfers. Like, I'm hearing a lot of people saying on the Discord, oh, I'm going to sell Trent to go to KDB. Uh, and that, I just think that's a bit of a sideways move. Like, Trent's like a midfielder and he's got the bonus of having clean sheets as well. Um, It's a tricky one. Um. Like Cancelo as well. Cancelo's got he got an assist at the weekend, and he's he could get clean sheets. So it's a tricky one. I don't know how you're going to fit him in. You're like you're going to do, unless you go like and drop two transfers and go Martinelli up front and then put De Bruyne in the midfield. But um, yeah, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean he's when the when the game launched he was one of the first players i looked at i'm like i really want him in and then you then you see his price at seven, seven million he's difficult to get in and if he there aren't that many high priced midfielders that in that are in his bracket so if he got injured for instance you'd be making you'd also have to be making even more transfers again if he was out for two or three games or something or longer you know you you've got to restructure your team to get him in uh, it's not a straight swap. That's what I'm trying. I think I'm trying to say. So, yeah, I've don't, no doubt he's a great option. He's a, definitely a differential at the stage because I don't think he's that highly owned. Certainly amongst the engaged players that I've 
I chat to on a regular basis. Um, if you can get him in, I, I would not stop you from doing it, mate. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be tricky. You're going to have to sacrifice somewhere, I think. Connor's uh, stepdad, Flowerpot Man's been Here on. Here we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is it time to jump on Cresswell? I personally think 2.4 million as a bargain. Uh, Cornet may take a bit of his time in take take a bit of his time off in Europe, um, but he could easily slot into that slot back in for those three games. Um, so I think, um, yeah, I mean, obviously with West Ham having these uh, potential extra fixtures in the Europa Conference, um, guys, what do you think? Uh, Connor, do you think Cresswell's a good option at 2.4 million? Um, certainly a tasty price for him because he's playing in Europe or with a thought. Um, like Tom said on his question, that he can slot in the back three, and I think he could because I think they're struggling with injuries at the back at the minute, so I think he'll be filling in. And um, he's on corners, he's on some free kicks. For 2.4, I don't know what else you'd want. And um, other than a few stinky fixtures mixed in with his um, fixtures, they're all pretty nice. I'd go for him. Yeah. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, he's a great, great option for 2.4 million. And obviously, like you say, Europa Conference games. They've got so many injuries at the back as well, West Ham, so I can't see them rotating in Europe at the moment. So he should play two games. Because they've been playing um, uh, Ben Johnson in the back three with with Cresswell. So um, does that concern yeah. you? With um, but they've obviously with so many defensive injuries, it, he might appear to be a great option. But perhaps they might be a bit more frail at the back. Yeah, that's that's a good point. But um, where they're playing Viborg, yeah. is it from Denmark? I would imagine they they should be able to get clean sheets against them. Um, I hope so. Brighton's a tough tough fixture yeah. though, as they've shown so far this season, and then uh, as it uh, Villa, Tottenham, Chelsea. So yeah, they're quite mm. tricky. Okay. But yeah, like you say, extra games, and it's two point four million, so it could be a good enabler. Yeah. yeah, no, I think it's a good good price if you've got spare transfers and you haven't. Uh, Spunk all, um, then uh, I don't think that's a bad move, and it could it could potentially pay off, and he is a decent decent option anyway. <clears throat> Amon Tatner said, "Any transfer regrets, chaps? Connor, have you brought in anyone that you wish you hadn't? <laughs> Not really, but it's um, we're only on the second week of the season. It's going to be hard Ooh. to regret many transfers if yeah. even like if you've made any." Some people might not have even made any. So I don't know. I think it's going to be hard to put in someone I regret. Yeah. What about you, Ben? Any transfer regrets so far? Just uh, the same one I said last week where I had Madison in my team and then I took him out on the last day or something and put in Diaz uh, for for uh, Madison because they're the same price. And I just thought, oh, Diaz got mm. more, will have more games because he's in Europe. But yeah, Madison's more of a star man magnet. He got ten star mans last year. Obviously, he's the, he's like the the best player at Leicester at the moment. So yeah, yeah. 
I wish I could put him in for the start of the month and then yeah. moved moved off him when uh, the European yeah. game started. Yeah, no, I, I he, he's looking good, isn't he, Madison? Um, I, I moved. Yeah, I know yeah. yours no, is yeah, exactly. Jesus. <laughs> Taking moving, uh, Jesus to Haaland uh, uh, doesn't look like it, well. It's it's a bad week to do it. There's always a danger that that's going to happen with any individual transfer. It may turn out to be uh, a good one in the long term, but we'll, only time will tell. Aman's also said, not much from Saka. Should I be worried? Well, I think I know Connor's answer to this. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to give you Yeah, like Connor said before, that the fixtures for Arsenal are great and he's on penalties. Uh, I expect uh, him mm. to do really well. Uh, I think he's a brilliant price. Yeah. Um, I've got him in most of my teams, so yeah, great Only two player. points so far, despite all those get all those goals they're scoring, though. Um, but like Connor said, with Tomiyasu back, that might um, that might make a difference to uh, to Saka's output. So we'll only see. And their fixtures are bloody lovely, aren't they? Let's be honest. So um, mm. probably hold, hold. I think definitely a hold. Andy Barnett's been on. Game week one, a lot of transfer talk of Jesus and Kane getting the goals. As it turned out, Kudosvesky, Nunes and Haaland took all the plaudits. Game week two, everybody's talking about Nunes, Kudosvesky and Haaland being the must-haves in your team. So far, Haaland hasn't hasn't even scored, though City won 4-0. Jesus put in a fabulous display assisting two and scoring two, and Mitrovic got a minus four for his performance. What advice would you give everybody to stop us from potentially jumping on and off the flavour of the week and getting stung? Ben? That's uh, another tough question. Um, I personally like to target the fixtures. So, like, Haaland was playing Bournemouth this weekend. It was an obvious transfer to bring Haaland in um, and look at the result, 4-0. But some, somehow yeah. Haaland didn't score. It's just, just the way it is. just didn't work out this week. Um, next week, Jesus has got Bournemouth. So people will be clamouring to get him in after his 22-point score. But um, yeah, it's uh, that's the, what I do. I ch- target the fixtures and the volume of fixtures. I, I like the do. way you analyse the um, the decision and uh, and not the outcome because you're right. Mm. The decision was Haaland's playing what looked like a poor Bournemouth side. It seemed like a no brainer. Uh, yeah. The fact is he didn't didn't score yeah. particularly well, but um, that was the the outcome wasn't great. But um, the decision making process there was fairly sound, I think. Anything to add yeah. on that one, Connor? Um, I think Ben Spot on covered most of it. I just say um go with the eye test because if if you're watching a game and thinking they look absolutely phenomenal, must have in your team, go for it. Only uh, you've only got your, your thing to blame then. You're not jumping on any bandwagons, you're not you're not being a sheep following the transfer trends. Just go for the players yeah. you think are performing well. Mm. Okay. Thanks, guys. Um, Lee Hooper's been on. the Probably the most unlucky player of last season um, 
where every move he seemed to make uh, went to went to the pot. Um, this year, I see he's riding high. So um, I'm just glad to see that, Lee. Uh, and Lee says, I have a bit of a conundrum. I have five transfers left in my best team, and I'm conscious that I need to make some value. I have Ramsdale, Gabriel, Zinchenko, and Saka, who will likely to lose value. Um, would you take any of those out um, in order to gain short-term value, Ben? Uh, that's another tough one. Like In an ideal world, you just keep them because they've got Bournemouth next and then Fulham. Um, but um, obviously with this World Cup coming up in uh, December... A lot you want to make a bit of value in your team, so unless like unless you're happy with your team, then uh, I won't make any tra- transfers if you're happy with your team. But because um, the fixtures are great and they'll get value from the next game, if you expect them to get a clean sheet against Bournemouth, you'll get your you'll get your rises from that, and then Fulham so on. Um, yeah. What do you think, Connor? Um, yeah, I just personally, um, I just won't touch your Arsenal defence for fixtures coming up. Um, you can always use them for transfers if you still have them at the end of the month to set yourself up nicely for the month after. And I do think Arsenal will get quite a few cleans um, for the next few games, so I just won't touch. They might go down, say, 0.2 this game. But then the two after, you could get another plus 0.6 from them. So I just keep them. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Bournemouth, Fulham, and Aston Villa next. Um, and then there's still tra- there's still time to use those transfers this month to gain value elsewhere, or like Connor said at the end of the month. So don't make transfers for the sake of it. They're all good players. Those players that you've mentioned, and especially with those fixtures, I would hold fast for now. Question for Ben from Aman. Um, with. Fafana potentially leaving Leicester, a nice defender to target if he goes to Chelsea? Well, I've been at work all day, so I don't know what's been going on. What's, have you heard well, anything, boys? Um, so what happened at, at the end of the game, Fafana went over to the to the um, yeah. away end and um, he waved at the, at, the, at the crowd. And he was the only player yeah, to I've do seen that. that. It looked like he was saying goodbye, I'm afraid, to say. Yeah, apparently um, Rogers made him do that at the last game as well at Brent at, at home to Brentford. He sent him out to say uh, to wave to the crowd. Apparently, the last two games he just walked straight down the tunnel. And yeah. He got sent back out again or something. And it was just for, but this time it was just for final. Was it just for final the last time as well? No, I think it was the players were all shaking hands, and then I mean this against Arsenal. Players are all shaking hands, and Fafana went went over to uh, to applaud the uh, away fans, Leicester fans, and then uh, obviously the Leicester fans, the Leicester players. Went. Yeah, I've seen the video, but like um, it's like snipped before the Leicester players go over. Um, right. What I've heard so far is that Fafana's not too fussed about the move. Um, he's not too fussed about moving this season because Leicester said, "Give us another year." But it's his agent is trying to push the move through. His agent wants right. wants him to move to Chelsea. Agents See, what, don't make any money unless unless players move. That, that, exactly, that really yeah. Annoys, annoys me about agent sacklers. Yeah, uh, it's, it's not on, is it? It's, the players 
should be the ones in control. And I, I guess he's still a young guy. He shouldn't be yeah. pushed around by his agent. Um, I would be annoyed if that's the case, but I would not be surprised if that was the case. Mm. He, he wants to get into the France squad for the World Cup and um, it's a tricky one because if he goes to Chelsea, he might get rotated and won't play mm. as much. But if he stays at Leicester, yeah. he'll play every game, so he'll get noticed more. It's a tricky yeah. one. He, he's definitely going to go on to bigger and better things, but um, I, I think he should stay another season, but we'll, we'll see. I, he's the most likeliest one to leave at, at, out of all these big rumours anyway. Yeah. Well, I hope he stays for your sake, Ben, because he's a good player. Um, cool. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a record breaking fee as well. Gonna beat the Harry Maguire fee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's if a, it happens. That's another story, isn't it? <laughs> um, cool. Um, a trick, a very tricky question here from Dream Team Professor. Hi, lads. Uh, rank who's going to finish with more points, Kane, Salah or Haaland? And then what is your plan for premium forwards? Will you rotate between fixtures and who's on form? Or do you think you'll you'll pick and stick with stick with two or three? Um, as any, in any game, any one of these three could haul. Uh, Connor, what, what, how, first of all, how would you rank um, those three heavy hitters up top um yeah looking at this i was stuck for a good minute looking at it i'd go Salah first and then i'd go harland when kane but all three of them will be up there towards the end of the season i just think once harland fully clicks with that city team i, I do think he will outperform kane at times and then um with Rick Allison going to Tottenham team, that could stir it up a bit. Like I saw that they went to a four-four-two against Chelsea today, so that could either hurt or boost King really. But it's more, I don't know, a bit of an unknown. And I think um, my strategy um, would be to go two out of the three strikers and like a, maybe like a five Miller, Nunes or Jesus, and then just rotate the big hitters with fixtures because I, I don't like the team balance with all three up top. The, the rest of the team just seems to go to crap then. That's a good point. Ben, what do you think? Yeah, it's very, uh, it's very tricky. Uh, I've got Salah in every 10 teams, so I, I would say that's probably my number one. Um, then it's like Kane's a star man magnet. He got 10 star mans last season. He's on penalties for Tottenham. Looking very attacking now, and Haaland is just playing up front for Man City. But there's so many stars in that team; like the star man points can go anywhere. That's the way, reason why Kane always seems to be up there because he's always the star man for Spurs. It's like yeah. between him and Son um, or Kudasevsky now. Mm. Um, but oh, yeah, I'd probably say at the moment Salah, Salah, Haaland, Kane. At the moment, it's hard though. Yeah. But like he, he said, uh, like we said before, just um, look at the fixtures and who do you think's going to hold. Then you think they've got a nice run of fixtures, bring them in, and then when it turns back the other way, then jump on the play you had before. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Cool. Well, I've gone for Salah, Kane, Harland, um, but. 
I, it is a really difficult question. Um, yeah. I mean, Kane is the talisman. Main, you know, well, so I suppose Sonny's getting more limelight these days. Um, but Kane's been the talisman at Spurs mm. for some time. Um, and like you said, Ben, it's a very good point that um, in that City team, any anyone could end up with that star man in, on any, any one occasion. So uh, Salah, Kane, Haaland for me. Uh, FPL Postie's been on. Do we persist with Mares? A late cameo versus West Ham and a very underwhelming performance in the 4-0 win against Bournemouth. Connor, what do you reckon? Um, I'd love to say yes to this question, but I can't because I'm thinking about dropping in myself. Um, I just wasn't impressed at all with his performance against Bournemouth. I thought he'd at least get some sort of attacking return, but he didn't even get a rating. Um, so I think, like I said before in the podcast, that I'm going to go Myers to KGB and find the funds elsewhere because I think KGB will play a lot more than Myers and it looks on fire at the minute. I want, I want him before he goes yeah. up. Well, I was literally going to say that. Like, if, you, if you've got Myers, then you should be looking at KDB. Like you say, try and, you'll have to do, obviously, two transfers unless you're a man who's got like three million in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you think, James? Uh, well, I've only got Morris in one in one team. Um, I I am concerned about him not only because of his performances, but I do think Harlan's going to take penalties off of him, and that does dent his appeal. Um, we know, but we do know that um, he could be the ultimate troll, and he might come on next week and score a hat trick. But at the moment, I'm. I'm erring on the side of um, getting rid, if I'm honest, for the for the very same reasons as what you guys have said, plus the penalty thing. John Davies been on. Would it be a good idea to transfer in players that are going to rise in price over the next couple of weeks to gain value, then transfer them out when the European games start? For example, Rodrigo, De Silva, Pope and Trippier, amongst others. Connor, what do you think? Um, yeah, I don't like the idea of jumping on a player just be, like because of the price range. He needs to have another reason on top of the price range, like um, a player who it looks like he's got really good form. Um, the players listed there, none of them play European football, and I wouldn't like to be transferring those types of players in now when Champions League, Europa League, or that like round the corner. So. If you are going to transfer someone because of a price range, make sure it's someone who you're going to want a bit like longer term. Yeah. Anything to add, Ben? Yeah, like you said, target players that are going to go up in price, but um, obviously with Europe in mind, I don't mind the Pope, the Pope uh, suggestion because he's cheap and obviously uh, he's he's a star man magnet. Uh, De Silva is what 1.8 million. I don't mind that as well. Trippier is a good player, but like he's 3.3 now, is he? So you probably get a, a, a European playing defender for that. Um, but I won't put it past Trippier 
getting star mans every now and again because he's a, he's a top player and he likes a goal that and that. But yeah, definitely target European players now. We're only two weeks away from September. Um, yeah, get the European players in. Yeah, uh, I think you both nailed that one. Um, the only thing I would say is De Silva has a um, expected goal involvement of 0.6 across the last two games. <laughs> so that's 0.3 per game. Um, it doesn't look like he's he scored two goals. It doesn't yeah. look like that's going to be sustainable, um, as you would probably would expect for the player um, that uh, is that cheap. But I um, just thought I'd throw that one in there. Yeah, for an enabler though, just to, so you can get like your De Bruyne's yeah. in and your Harlands in, it's not bad. One point eight million. No, that is true. He's got good fixtures yeah. as well. Really good yeah. fixtures. Yeah. Good point, chaps. Um, Ashton, aka Fergie's apprentice, uh, should we be looking at City Block? I can't see them use losing. Most definitely, think, I think my best teams are Man City, Man City blocker, and I've got. Um, yeah, I haven't got Walker. I, just, I don't like having Walker in a team for that price. I think I can get a lot better value from a midfielder or whatsoever. Um, but yeah, I've got Cancelo. Ake's a good price. Yeah, definitely look into it. You should have been on it at the start of the season, really. It's going to be, well, it's going to cost a few transfers to jump on it now. Yeah, that's the trouble, isn't it? I didn't go down that route, unfortunately. So <laughs> I wish I had. Um, I'm not sure about Ake with Stones in the background. And... Um, no, I just like the City block quite a lot, to be fair. The way they play, it suits clean sheets and there is control. I think the possession's always above 60% at least. Um, and I, I will be jumping on Laporte, I think, when he's mm. back because Laporte has got really good attacking for it and he seems nailed in that City team when he does play. Yeah, yeah. I was like... Sorry, uh, Alvin Aki at the start of the season, because of Laporte's injury and Stones uh, not being able to play the last few pre-season games, was a tactic to get price rises on him while he's uh, getting clean sheets. So he's not a long-term hold, but like you'll you'll be able to maybe make nine hundred k on him or something, and then you can move on to Laporte, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like um, with Ake now, it's a bit too late to jump on him. You've already missed your two games. John Stones could get involved at some point, or Laporte, I think he's due back at the beginning of next mm. month. So I, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't see the value in Ake mm. anymore, but I wish I did start with him. Yeah, I, I'll echo that sentiment. It's probably too late now. Stones came on yesterday, um, so he's clearly getting up to speed so there's too much doubt there for me it would great option if you got on him at the start but probably too late now fpl now then young man he, he must be a happy chappy being a um uh a not nottingham forest fan um are you making plans for europe and the Carabao cup if so what players are you bringing in connor any thoughts um European players, I think we've covered that. I don't go for guaranteed starters who will play league and Europe. And um, Carabao Cup, I think I've done my prep when I was making my first drafts with the teams. Like I put Mbumo in and a few players. Like um, originally I had Cash, 
um, for the Cowboy Cup game, but I'm getting rid of his look too poor to even want to keep him yeah. for that. And he's not even guaranteed to play in it. So I wouldn't be putting anyone in right now for the Carabao Cup games. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. Think, um, I'm not targeting Carabao Cup. Uh, it's just by this season, because the prices of the uh, premium players are so high, especially the defenders, we've had to go for like two or three enablers that could possibly play in Carabao Cup, like you said, Mbumo. Um, yeah, so... Um, Definitely, I wouldn't be bringing anybody in thinking, oh, he might play in the Carabao Cup because then he won't play. He probably won't play in the league because uh, most of the teams will be rotating their teams for the Carabao Cup. But definitely, yeah, target European, most mostly Champions League players because that they are most likely to play two two games a week. I think he's now right. There, let's boys. have a look at the league league tables. Uh, we've got the Dream Team Tonic Patreon League in tenth place. We sorry in joint ninth place we have Connor Tobin and Mick Wright. Uh, joint seventh place we have Sam Course and Brian Blackett. Uh, in sixth place Lee Uting. Fifth place Wayne Foster Crouch. Joint third Jake Bevan and Barry McCormack. Second place Paul Young. And top of the shop, Lee Hooper. What a change this is. Come on, son. <laughs> Keep it in, up, mate. In the Dream Team Tonic Cash League, in joint 10th, we have Harry Jones. Yay, come Lee, on. Anthony Sutcliffe. You Whee. can do this one, <laughs> Yeah, woo! <laughs> in ninth, we've got Tom Brinley. Eighth, Alex Cole. Seventh, Dan Bartlam. In sixth, Mike Warlow. In fifth, Henry Cartridge. Fourth, Graham Payne. Third, Matt Blake. Second, Leo Reed. And top of the shop, Arwin Vogue. All right, thanks for all the. Uh, the questions that we had submitted today. I did have to cut a few out, I'm afraid, because we had so many questions. Uh, so apologise to anyone that we missed off. Um, if you'd like to join our Patreon, um, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash Dream Team Tonic. Um, we have some great guys on our Discord, lots of people helping each other out, lots of exclusive articles, and of course, most importantly, early access to this podcast. Um, don't forget to keep an eye out for Connor's Dream Team blog on the website. Um, and with that, I'll say good night to you, chaps. And thanks to Connor for coming on. Good night. Thanks for having me, lads. Good night. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Top man. Cheers, boys. <laughs>